Those it's gl- just temporary. Uh-huh. <laughs> those glass diamonds. <laughs> wow. That was really good. All the multifaceted emotions I have. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you do. So, uh, ballerina. Yes. With a scholarship like that, just think how valuable learning is. If you could weigh smarts, they'd be really viable per pound. You have a lot of smarts. And be double that <laughs> per kilogram. Right? <laughs> Knowledge is really wonderful. And, you know, um, Acellus is intended to accelerate learning. Uh, students go to school for 13 years to graduate from high school, kindergarten, and, and now preschool. And I wondered, is there a way that we can make learning more effective? We, we started working on this a long time ago. Is there a way that we can have students score better? And in the process of refining the education uh, process, we discovered that the brain, the human brain, actually is capable of learning much faster much, much faster. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of students struggle is because instruction comes too slow. And they they get distracted, they get bored. And so we started trying to figure out ways that we could deliver more information more quickly. And and this has become an art now with Acellus, and and Acellus is doing really well. But the side effect is well the students are doing really well on absorbing the knowledge, passing their standardized tests at the end of the year, they're getting done too fast. Mm -hmm. And why is it too fast? Well, our schools, quite often, new schools, especially contact says, we've got a problem. What's the problem? Well, we're only two-thirds of the way through the school year, and these students are already finished learning all the material learning accelerator. Some people say there's not enough rigor. But then when the students take the year-end exam, they score very high. So there's plenty of rigor. It's just that we accelerate learning. Acellus is a learning accelerator. Mm -hmm. So um, in most technical courses like math and science, when you get to the end of the year, at the end of the school year, the teacher usually is not all the way through the book. They weren't able to cover all the material because the book has more than they can do in the allotted time. With Acellus, you know, we can go ahead and take those other chapters that most students quite often skip. And we've also found that students in Acellus learn at their own pace. And if you, if you think about that, what does it mean, learn at your own pace? Does it mean you learn faster or learn slower? Well. It turns out it depends on what you're studying. Each person has things that they have the background and the aptitude to learn very quickly, and they have other things that are slower for them. So they learn this slower, and they learn this faster, but they go at the pace they can learn. And as a result, uh, we have an interesting new phenomenon. When students are, for example, uh, doing a Cellus Academy where they're doing distance learning at home and they're dedicated every day they go in and they work on their Cellus lessons and Cellus has goals for them to achieve to make sure they complete things on time. Well, some of them get 
into the learning, and so they spend a little bit more time, and so they get a little bit more done every day than they need to. And pretty soon, the year's not over, but they finish the material. Algebra 1, that's a pretty important course. What if they finish it in less than a full year? So they go on and take geometry or algebra 2 or, and then trig, and they accelerate these things. Well, we, we have something interesting happening, which is we're seeing a lot of very capable, capable students graduating from high school, like 16 years old. Yeah. And they're very strong academic skills. They're really ready to go, and their, their minds are revved up, and they know how to learn. And so parents have been starting to reach out to me and say, so what should they do? What should they do now that they've got their diploma, they got a good GPA, they're too young to, to go to most universities, they're too young to go in the military or mm -hmm. do something like that. What should they do? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what should we do? So the suggestion that we initially made was why don't they just keep taking courses because Cellus has a lot more courses. The more learning they get, the better. They can take the AP courses, mm -hmm. which will actually in many places count for college credit. And we have, I think, 23 AP courses now. We have a bunch of them, and we're continuing to develop more, so that's a good thing to do. But uh, recently, uh, we came up with a new plan, and this new plan is uh, being put together right now. We've actually decided in a meeting yesterday that we're going to do the new plan. It hasn't been announced yet, <laughs> except for the people that were at the meeting. But it's, uh, it's kind of a neat thing, and I think a lot of you students will be, and especially your parents, will want to know about this. So here's the deal. If you graduate from the Cellus Academy with a good GPA, which if you'll apply yourself and make a decision you're going to do well in these courses, you can. Cellus will help you get a good grade if you'll just put in the effort. But if you do that, we're going to offer scholarships for our graduates at IST, the Institute of Science and Technology, which is a university. And that means that when, right when you come out of Solis Academy with your diploma, if you qualify for these scholarships, they will cover uh, all of your tuition and fees to be able to attend IST immediately from home. And we've just been developing some new programs at IST so we could offer courses online at home. It's interesting, Acellus can do online, but our university, IST, which started Acellus as a graduate project, is actually on campus. So we've, we've been fixing it so we can offer uh, at least the first two years of IST online. So that would mean when you graduate, you can go right into IST, and by the time that you're 18 years old, if you, if you graduate at 16, you've finished your freshman and your sophomore year. And then you can transfer to a local college wherever you live, or you might even decide to come to Kansas City and uh, finish your degree on the IST campus. We have been uh, getting dorms set up for more and more students. IST is growing. I think some of you know IST was established in 1985 which uh, I think that was before Dr. Peget was born. 
It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I wasn't old enough to come then, but though. anyway, it, <laughs> it uh, has been a school that has been around for quite a while, but it was a school that had a different mission. Yeah. Uh, what we wanted to do was develop inventioneers, people that could take science and create applied science projects. And, and so that was our focus. And back then, you couldn't really have that kind of a university accredited because they'd never seen anything like that. But they told us that if we can run this company, or this uh, university, successfully for 35 years, and if our students can get hired and then get jobs in their field, then they would, they would accredit us. Well, we're in our 37th year, and we're right now in the middle of our accreditation process. And we're not only getting accredited, we're getting accredited through a regional agency and also through a national accreditation agency. So we have double accreditation. And um, we, we are well into that now, uh, the first phase of it. And I think we'll be able to add that to our agenda. But our students have been able to get jobs, good jobs, because when they come out of IST, they're prepared to do things. And I think that's pretty exciting. So the idea is, as we put these pieces together, which we're now going to work at, at breakneck speed, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you students will be able to apply for a scholarship when you're getting near graduation from Sellis Academy. And if, uh, if your GPA is good and, and you know, we're going to look at things like how diligent you've been doing high school. And with the Cellus, we can learn a lot about how diligent you are. I mean, how much time you spend and how thorough, you know, all of that's <laughs> going to count. But then you can earn a scholarship, and then you can move right into IST. And under this new program that we approved, uh, you know, some of you are in the mentoring program, which is helping a little bit with your tuition. Well, what I'm going to do initially with the IST thing is we're going to expand the mentoring scholarship so that it covers 100% of tuition. And the only thing you'll have to pay is you'll have to buy your books. And in IST, we use the very, very latest, best textbooks from all the big publishers, like Pearson and, and all of those. And, and so you'll need to buy the book that you will use for your classes. And we've worked out an arrangement at IST so you don't have to pay $250 for a hardbound book, but you can actually buy a book for a fraction of that that you use inside the Acellus interface online. So it won't be terribly expensive uh, for the books. And that'll allow a lot of you to continue your studies until you're old enough to at least get a job <laughs> and so that'll fill in this gap. But isn't it interesting that learning can be accelerated? And the people that are learning this quicker are retaining it longer. They're learning it better. And that really gives us a, a tremendous opportunity. Another initiative that we've launched so far in 2022 is what I call the three-year push. 
You've heard of the three-year itch. I don't know what that is. I've heard the seven-year itch. Seven-year itch? What is that? It's not what we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm getting a new car, new something. All right, something, you guys, stop Googling seven-year itch. <laughs> or just a three-year itch. So is this what they learn in social? Okay. What we learned anyway, in private. <laughs> can you remind me what I was yes, going to talk about? you were going to talk about a three-year itch. The three-year itch. What is that? You're going to tell us all about it. You have okay. a new program, is what I heard. Yeah. During the next three years, we are starting a major new initiative to make the Acellus Learning System 10, that's the number, 10 times more effective than it is today. Wow. Through our research and the millions, we've had about 10 million students go through Acellus now. Um, most of them have taken Socional mm. about 10 million times each. But <laughs> We've learned a lot of things about education, about learning, and so forth. And we now have ideas. They're going to take a lot of effort, time, and money to pull them off. But ideas that can make our courses much more effective than they are today. And we, we believe that in the next 10 years, we're going to uh, reach 25 to 50 million kids. And so we want to do it really, really well. And that's not per year. We, we expect that we're going to get up to about 10 million kids using a cellus at a time. Oh. So in five years, that would mean uh, 50 million kids. But uh, this push is going to change the way we film, the way we uh, do cognitive learning and help people understand things. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. But we need help. And um, some of the most wonderful, talented people in the world are Acela student parents. That's true. That's really Hi, true. guys. <laughs> and we can use your help. Uh, we have been growing very, very fast uh, as we started trying to put together this, uh, this seven-year expansion program. And so we're looking for help in a lot of areas. If anyone is interested in getting involved, uh, we'd like to hear from you. We're going to set up a special place where uh, parents that are interested in helping out can register and tell us what kind of skills, training abilities you have to contribute. We have some really amazing parents, those oh, students. And some of them are already helping, but we'd like to do it officially and figure out how maybe we can compensate you for some of your time. Uh, some of you ought to move to Kansas City and help us full time. <laughs> If you get here before the Super Bowl, you'll get to see us win. <laughs> We're going to win. Really? We're going to win. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's, if you're not into football, please let me apologize in advance, but, but I have to say something. You know, when you do your best and the football game's over mm -hmm. and you're behind, you lost. Unless you wear red, and your, your name is Mahomes. So here's the deal. Um, it looked like that. <laughs> you know, they say it's not over until somebody sings or whatever. Well, Mahomes says it's not over until we win. That's right. I like that. I love that And that's that kind of my attitude about Acellus and about education. That. So anyway, I just want to say we need gardeners, we need custodians, we need 
helpers that can do all kinds of curriculum things mm -hmm. if you have some college experience. We have a lot of work to do because we now see how we can make a cellus amazing, amazing, amazing before, beyond anything we've ever done before. The results of vectored instruction are shocking. And I think most of you who are teachers already know about this. Maybe some of you students still don't. But you go into a, a class and you're working on it, you're not getting it, you're not getting it, you're missing the problems, maybe even missing success in the exams. And a cellus figures out where you've missed things and it goes back and finds the lessons from last year, the year before, year before, year before, where you were supposed to learn some of the fundamentals that you need to learn this new material. It grabs those lessons and gives them to you again right now. And students that receive the assistance of vectored instruction are then going on and mastering material and having phenomenal success. Uh, it's revolutionary. Many of the school districts that are signing up for Acellus right now are so impressed by vectored instruction and how it's making a difference. People that, uh, if, if you go in and you take a class and you do really, really poor, mm -hmm. the, the common wisdom is it's because you're stupid. In some cases that may, no, <laughs> I didn't, they didn't come out. But vectored instruction shows that's not what it is. It's that you're missing some of the foundation you need. And when you get the other pieces and it all starts to make sense, then you realize you can do it. And an, an attitude that the game's over and you can't win, um, if you do not believe you can learn, you're right. If you believe you can, it makes so much difference. And so once you start to have success, great things happen. We intend to live a cell, or lift a cellus to a whole new level. In three and it's years. really going to be amazing. It's a three-year project, wow. and we're planning to change so many things. It's, it's huge. It's the biggest thing we've ever taken on. And it's across the board, and I'm really excited about it. So the students are wondering if there's any way What are you, their designated refuse landed? I what, am during what, Science what, Live, what, I am. What do your Mina. people want to know? My people want to know if there's any way the students can volunteer at the cellos. Yes. Yeah. What a great idea. I think they really want to. All right. New idea. See, my little brain goes, <laughs> when I get a good <laughs> idea, it lights up. That's a great idea. So mm -hmm. students could do so many things. And the real interesting thing is that many of those things will actually contribute to your learning. If we can have you do things that mm -hmm. help, maybe some of them you can even get credit for. And we, we need to look at that. So as we're creating this new page for volunteers and remote team members, we'll figure out a we section for students. Uh, we've started doing neighbors. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm doing a little quietly because uh, there's a lot of uh, challenges in getting it to work just right. But I would like every single student's experience on neighbors, and for that matter, the experience of every parent of a student on neighbors, to be an uplifting experience. We've, we've read about experiments that some people have done where they plaster out a lot of negative stuff and people get discouraged. 
Well, I want this to be exactly the opposite. We want it to be a very, very positive place. And if we can get the momentum of having people lift each other, we could actually change people's attitudes and therefore their lives just with neighbors. And so one of the things I'm thinking about is maybe a special designation on neighbors for what I'm going to call positive influencers. When we had the, uh, the lecture of Science Live uh, a couple months ago where we hit over 10 million people watched that, should I call it an episode? <laughs> it's an episode. Yeah, that episode. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. People started contacting me and saying, since you're now an influencer, mm -hmm. can we advertise on Science Live? <laughs> I thought, who's an influencer? Her? No, not me. <laughs> I already knew she was. But anyway, <laughs> we need positive influencers. And you know, um, writing tutor sure helps people learn how to write. So we've been integrating the posts that you make on neighbors with a writing tutor so that your spelling and your grammar and everything is done well. And what I'd like to do is have students that would be interested in getting officially involved as a positive influencer to reach out to other students and give them encouragement and help them uh, get on board to being dedicated to their educational experience. I love that idea. Love Are you volunteering? Uh-huh. I would love to be Actually, she started doing some mm -hmm. uh, uh, mentoring, influencing on neighbors, and I think mm -hmm. that's kind of fun. Uh, yeah. Must really, really be neat. And we're trying to get more and more of our on-camera teachers to do these live sessions. Mm -hmm. And it's been really fun to get the reports of students that are working and they get an invitation for a live session and they take it. And you know, it's Pat Mara or <laughs> Wow. And it proves that these wonderful teachers really are real people and they exist. And the teachers love it. They love to go in and talk to students that are actually using the courses to help them refine them. And remember, no course is finished ever. By the way, uh, the students, I don't really have them, but the students are wondering when the new course is going to be out. You know, the social one? My social education course? How close are we? We're almost finished filming, and uh, if I can look at the gentleman right there, we're halfway done with the how many, problems. How many uh, lessons do we still need to film? 25. 25 is all? Mm -hmm. That's a lot. It is. So will that be done by this end of this week? No. Okay. Soon, well, it could be if that's my soon. challenge. <laughs> and, you know, um, I've been thinking a lot about, there's so many people that are doing social, that are doing emotional, social, page course, and, and some of them that are getting their parents, put them back in, they do it multiple yeah. times, and they say, wow, it, it just helps me. Helps well, I was thinking, wouldn't it be neat if we could enhance the problems in social-emotional. First of all, we need modern problems, modern, modern assessments, as they're called. And a modern assessment, according to some of the experts writing in the field, are where you do more drag and drop and interaction like that. 
But I think in that particular course, the problem should be part of the learning experience. I do too. And so we have been cooking up mm -hmm. just the last few days some ideas on how to really bolster those problems so it would be a lot more interesting part of the experience. That'd be really fun, wouldn't it? You kind of need that. Mm -hmm. It's a hard course. And we did, this will make our, our schools happy, we did find a teacher for uh, our PE course, online PE. He's a coach mm -hmm. and uh, he's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And we had to find him in hiding way out in Kansas. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited too. <laughs> because <laughs> he's my nephew. <laughs> Must be smart and good. Affordable. No. It's just, <laughs> But he's, he's wonderful. I just, I cannot think of anybody I know that would be better to inspire students with a PE course. And so we're making that a priority mm -hmm. to get that film. I'm excited that's, about that. That's really good news. He's a good guy. Okay, he's now good. you've, you've chit-chatted all of our time away. <laughs> and I, I just have a couple things that I really want to say. First of all, I would like to introduce a veteran passenger from the Concord. <laughs> I wanted so bad to fly the Concord, so I did. And I, I flew the Air France, Air France version, mm -hmm. and I flew from Paris to Washington, D.C. And it was interesting. I landed almost two hours before we took off. That'd be a real mind trip. And you think it? about that. The earth turns, and when you fly in an airplane, you're flying over the turning earth. But we went faster than the earth was turning past the sun. So we literally landed a couple hours on the clock before we took off. Which was really neat. I mean, I kind of messed with my head a little bit. I thought, so if you kept going, it would be yesterday and the day before. <laughs> Time travel. <laughs> and then I figured out when you hit the date line, it throws you back. So no, you, you can't do that. <laughs> Darn it. But it was a really, really interesting experience. And, you know, the Concord is a fascinating story. Tobias gave us a really good report on it. But did you know that there was also another supersonic transport called the SST? supersonic transport, which was an American project. Yeah. We kind of started all of this. We were going to make a supersonic transport, and our project got blocked in Washington because it started costing quite a bit. But we were doing it a little bit different. Actually, I think the Europeans would have done it the same if we hadn't backed out. But our su supersonic transport was to be fueled by hydrogen. Really? Yeah. And um, the hmm. biggest hydrogen plant in the world mm -hmm. was built to refuel the really? supersonic transport. That's neat. Yeah. And then they sold it for scrap after they canceled the That's program. That's not neat. It was a heartbreaker. <laughs> but. Remember uh, where Tobias was saying that when you're going that fast, that the plane gets really hot. Mm -hmm. And 
the amount of fuel, the weight. We, we talked with, with John about blasting payloads into space. And the heavier, the heavier they are, the more fuel you need to launch it, then you have to have more fuel because you had a fuel to launch it. Well, the same thing's true of an airplane. When uh, an airplane like a 747, a big airliner, takes off, you've got all of the luggage, all the passengers, you have the airplane, the wings, everything, the restrooms, all have weight, but one-third of the gross weight at takeoff is fuel takes a lot of fuel. Now for the rocket ships it's much more than that, but for the airplanes it is. By the way, a rocket ship not only has to carry the fuel. In, a, in an airline, you carry the fuel and then you get the oxygen from the air. In a rocket ship, they go flying out into space and there is no air. So they have to take the fuel and they have to take the oxygen in some form to be able to combust, and that takes a lot of weight. But in an airline, you have to carry all of that weight. One third of the weight of a 747 to take off is fuel. If you would change that fuel to hydrogen, you could cut that weight down very, very, very significantly because liquid hydrogen is so much lighter. And if you cut down the weight of the fuel, then you don't need such big tires to carry all the weight because a lot of the weight's gone. So the tires get smaller. And you don't need such big wings to have so much lift. So the wings get smaller and get lighter. And you don't need such a big tail, and so you start shrinking all those. And with the wings smaller and the tires smaller, the plane is more lightweight, so you don't need wheels even that big. So you shrink those down. <laughs> By the time you're through, there's no weight at all. <laughs> Wait for it. But it, it is true that at these really, really high speeds, the amount of fuel that you need is very much a function of drag, and drag is a function of how much weight you're carrying. So if you're gonna go supersonic transport, you need liquid hydrogen. And we were gonna do that. They gave up and went with jet fuel because they couldn't do it alone, because you have to have fuel at every airport the airplane's gonna go to. If the operating cost was less, which it would have been much less with hydrogen, I think we would still see them flying. And people are yeah. starting to look at them again. Hydrogen aircraft really, really, really makes sense. And it's fascinating, uh, the French and the British built the Concorde, the Soviet Union built their supersonic transport, and the guy that designed that, the guy that was in charge of it, was Dr. Nikolai Tupolev, who's one of the founders of this IST. And it is, it is kind of a neat thing. And one of the other founders of IST is Willis Hawkins, who was the chairman, president of Lockheed, made the L-1011 and had the skunk works. They made the, the black, um, the, the bluebird and the blackbird spy planes that were made out of titanium because they went so high and so fast that they would really stretch. But here's a concept I'd like to just leave you to ponder for a minute. It has to do with flying. Aviation and flying and launching things into space is neat. We all ought to learn about it. But uh, I am a pilot and I've been flying airplanes for a long time and I was mentored by Bill Air that made the Learjet. But here's something that's really fascinating. In an airplane 
you have a, a thing called an airspeed indicator. And the airspeed is measured by a pitot tube, which is a little tube under the wing that sticks out. And as you go through the air, air is trying to push in that tube, and how hard it pushes is the air pressure. And you use that to tell how fast the airplane's flying. And it's called the indicated airspeed. When you take off at sea level and you're flying at a certain speed, uh, the air's much more dense than if you're flying really at high altitude. So airplanes have indicated airspeed things. Uh, one airspeed is what you climb out at, one's what you come in on approach, one's what you cruise at. But here's the interesting thing. Let's say in, in my Cessna 210, I had a, a cruise speed, an indicated cruise airspeed of about 175 miles an hour. If I were to fly close to the ground and I were to measure my ground speed, it would be about 175 miles an hour. But if I would go up to, say, 14,000 feet, and my indicated airspeed, and by the way, you have to have a turboprop to be able to get this airspeed up there, but my airspeed would still be indicated airspeed 185 miles per hour. But because the air is so much thinner, even though that's how much my speedometer is saying I'm going from air pressure, I would actually be going about 240 miles an hour. So the way that you get these really high speeds is you get up high. Oh. And in the Concorde, it was like, you know, are the astronaut. You could look out there <laughs> and you could see that the Earth, in fact, is round. You can see yeah. it. And you know, up till then, I wasn't sure. You thought it was square? Well, or flat. You know, like, how about, it's on turtles. Turtles, I didn't yeah. know. But you could actually see it, and it was really neat. And on the front of our cabin, by the way, I found out that on the Concorde, I am much taller than I am other places. Because it gets shorter? Because it's a very <laughs> low cabin. Mm -hmm. Because they're trying to cut through that air at that speed, they made it very short. It was just right for me. I could stand up there. Some of the real tall guys had to kind of bend over because it's got a, a low cabin. But on the front of the cabin, there was a speedometer, a great big thing. And it was in Mach, meaning one Mach is the speed of sound. Two Mach is twice the speed of sound. And Mach is about 680 miles an hour, mm -hmm. something like that. And so when we were flying, we saw the speedometer go up, and it got to Mach 1. And we went past the sound barrier, which means we made a boom, a, boom, a sonic boom, <laughs> without even feeling a ripple or anything. And we couldn't hear the sonic boom inside. It just went past it. And Clever went past two. Oh, neat. Went like, as I recall, about 2.3, Mach 2.3. We were cooking. You know, uh, it's time to get supersonic travel going again. And now we're saying, hey, what about hyper transports? This uh, Mach 2, that isn't going to do it anymore. Let's do Mach 10. Let's do Mach 8. Let's get going. With hydrogen? And, and of course, it, has to be hydrogen, even if it's only Mach 2. Mm -hmm. I mean, our military fighters don't use hydrogen, and they go supersonic speeds, but they just, 
they burn so much fuel, whereas these commercial airliners, it's just not cost feasible. But hydrogen in the air is coming, it's coming very fast. And I have been preaching it for a long time, but it's finally starting to happen. Everyone's starting to realize, let's run our planes on hydrogen. And uh, I'll have more to say that about that later this year, okay? I want to thank you for taking all the time tonight. Did I? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, had, I had some really good things I was going to tell them. Oh. Well, next week. Next Boy, week. If I had perfect memory, then next week I would tell you what I was going to say. He has perfect memory. I'll check my notes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Study hard. Uh, think about volunteering and helping. And uh, I, I think the more we can get students and parents involved, the better. This is a mammoth project, and remember, we're not doing these with government funds. Yeah. We're, we're doing this the old-fashioned way, which is really fun. And uh, we're having a lot of fun. I apologize that you kids are learning so fast. <laughs> keep going. Yeah, but keep going. <laughs> uh, if, if it's too fast, then learn more. Take some more classes. Mm -hmm. It'll slow you down. Okay, study hard. Thank you. Thank you.